You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. Another week at the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. And this time I have a very different guest than I normally would have. But this guest is going to provide so much information, insightful information, value about the world of reality TV, social media. So if you're a follower of my social media, you've called me out on my Instagram whore tendencies. This is going to be a very interesting episode for you. I'm here with Brittany Crystal from the Beyond Influential podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for setting the expectation really high and making sure I disappoint. <laughs> No, you're definitely not going to disappoint. So the story of me meeting Brittany, um, I found you on the um, Skinny Confidential because I love Lauren. She's great. I've interviewed her. I've hung out with her. She's a lovely human. And I know that if Lauren, you know, posts about someone on her social media, it's someone that I have to look at. And that's exactly how I felt, found you and how I felt about you. I do think Lauren, just shout out to Lauren. Lauren has excellent taste when it comes to knowing who she's helped so many people who I've had on my podcast who have become influential really ramp up their businesses. She just has good insight into who knows their shit. I can she, say has she, an, she has an eye for, for an influential bitch. She does. And I think Wait, we're on that list a hundred percent. It baffles me because I'm not influential. I may be sometimes entertaining. I'm not going to deny that, but influential don't fucking follow me. Okay. You don't want my life. But you are influential, which is what we were just debating about on my podcast. You Ugh. do have, stop putting your, you need to give yourself credit. You are influential. So Brittany specializes, uh, you, you, I, I don't even know how to introduce you on this podcast because you've done so many cool things. You've worked for Gary Vee, which we all know, super influential. You've worked in reality TV. You're also a lawyer. You went to law school, so you're intelligent. You're not just hot, you're intelligent, which is really annoying because I look at your photos and I'm like, this bitch is hot, but she's intelligent. I love you. I need to have you hang around me way more. I'm such an ego boost for you, which not many people can say about me because I'm disgusting about everyone. But yeah, I just, I love your work and I know that you love reality TV as well. I know that you love pop culture as well. So it's nice to have a different insight into this world and not just have the insider scoop of someone who's on a show, but someone who's also watching and who knows, you know, the politics and what it takes to, to, to create a brand and to build that, you know, from, from behind the scenes perspective. So I thought it'd be great to have you on. Before we get into the episode, you know what's coming. Do you want to say what it is? Tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. My tip this week is going to be to anyone who is in LA and visits LA. So I'm very sorry if you don't live here and if you're not in LA. But if you're not, I hope that this tip makes you want to visit LA and come visit me and let me know on Instagram. I'd love to meet with you. I highly recommend, and I'm not going to know how to say this in English, so you can correct me, Brittany, going to the Petit Hermitage. Do you know about this hotel? Wow. Do, that do was you, beautiful. Yeah, because I'm French. Well, I'm Swiss French. Petit Hermitage? Is that, that, I think I've been there. I've been there. I've it's been there with my family before. Beautiful. It's like a hidden gem hotel in West Hollywood. Yes. It's very quirky. It's very boutique-y. And, you know, they have Le Labo in the bathrooms, which, oh, I'm obsessed. I diffuse um, Le Labo in my house because it's just my favorite scents. They're heavily overpriced and they, you know, it's so stupid and bougie, but they, nobody else smells like them. So, hello. And it's just, they have an amazing 
pool, rooftop, amazing vibes, amazing breakfast, amazing food. I went there with my friend Alex from Preservation of Style a couple of weeks ago. We were the audience in their burlesque show that is in a very intimate room. It's very awkward, very quirky, very cool. Very different experience if you're looking to have a very cute, chic, chill, boutique experience here in LA, which is very different from anywhere else in LA because I feel like every everywhere here is just so commercial, so consumer centric and just doesn't have that much substance to it. So this is such a cool little staycay um, for us LA people, for anyone visiting LA. It is just so fun. We booked massage therapists in the rooms. We were so bougie about this weekend, but sometimes you need it, you know? Oh, totally. And I want to say that my mom used to take me here when I was younger and that's going to sound super bougie, but I did grow up in LA and we'd go to, you know, we'd well, I'm from Calabasas, which now your listeners probably know from the Kardashians, but nobody knew before. And so on weekends, we'd drive to like Neiman Marcus and do brunch or we'd go do these things that now I want to be doing again and I don't do. You know, self-care is necessary in LA, which is why I do tip of the week. Because if you want to cope with all the fucked up bitches in this city, you got to practice self-care. It's true. We were talking about the tip of the week right before this. I have so many different tips. It's like, all the different beauty things I feel like I need to do, all the different other things you need to do, all the things you need to do to de-stress. or It's like a constant thing, but you need to be doing it. I've never invested so much in self-care than when I moved to LA. That's the truth. No, it's not. Like, I don't know about for you, but for me, I need to feel good about myself in order to do my best like actual work and run my business. So if I'm if yeah. I feel ugly and like out of sorts, that's not going to work for my business. And not just about business. I need to do so much self-care to be my nicest best self because <laughs> otherwise I'm a nasty bitch and you will suffer the consequences. So what's your tip of the week, Brittany? So because I do sit at a computer and I'm doing different interviews and doing different things all day, I don't have that much time. I don't cook. I just want to put that out there. I don't yeah, neither do I. All, like that is not my thing. So I need snacks that are healthy and aren't going to make me bloated or make me gain weight. So I order these that, I didn't know if you had heard of it. They're called That's It Bars. And I order them from Amazon and they're like only ingredient is fruit. And so it'll be like apples and, or it'll be like one apple and 20 strawberries condensed in a bar. And it's like a hundred calories to like 120 calories. And I eat one and I feel like I ate fruit and I can keep moving. And I know that's such like a busy bitch tip, but. No, it's great. Like that's what I need. I don't cook either. And so they're fruit bars. Do they taste nice? Because I feel like fruit bars would literally taste disgusting. They taste okay. Like, do you like fruit? I mean, that's, you can pick the different combinations of fruit. It feels like you're eating kind of a little bit like a fruit roll up, but more hearty than a fruit roll up. Oh, so I like the fruit roll up, but I hate fruit, generally speaking. Then you should try the bars. Okay. Maybe that'll help me with my fruit intake for the day because I literally will never have fruit. Do you drink water? Not as much as I should at all. I actually get yelled at a lot about not drinking enough water. My fiance is like, you should drink more water. Why aren't you drinking water? Yeah. I was recently called out on not drinking enough water by the guy that I'm interested in, which like, hello, whatever. Cool. What's with the guys telling us that we need to drink water? I think, you know, now that I'm 30, guys are like, well, I don't want you looking like an old hag if I ever end up having a relationship with you. I think that's them just telling me, you know what? It's all downhill from here. And I agree. It's all downhill from here, but I don't give a fuck. I get my facials. I don't want to drink water. I want to drink my coffee. I don't drink my rosé. You know, you have your water and piss for the rest of the day if you want. I I don't like it. Yeah, I'm like you. I drink a ton of water, or not a ton of water, a ton of coffee, not enough water, bourbon. 
and wine. Coffee is so much better than water. Water is. is just boring and it doesn't make me feel good and it doesn't show on my skin. Water will never replace my glow recipe overnight mask. It will never replace my overpriced serum that I just got from London. Like water does not do that shit. Okay. It does not say whatever you want. I don't believe it. Whatever. I'm not going to pressure you into drinking more water. Thank you. I need, I need immediate results. I don't want a re- results in 3000 years. So I'm not going to update you with housewives and Vanderpump rules and the bachelorette because I have Brittany and she is an expert in everything branding. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your background, you know, working for Gary Vee and actually being a brand expert? Cause I feel like some people don't really understand what that means and what that entails. Yeah. So right now, how I describe myself is I'm a personal brand expert and content creator and I help entrepreneurial minded and entrepreneurs grow influence online that gets real life results. I have played in the in quotes influencer space, but I really have moved into the helping people who at who do anything build their influence online. I don't think influencers is only for entertainment folks. I think there've always been tastemakers and decision makers, but now you kind of need to put that presence online. And the reason I got into that happened to be because you know, I went to, I initially wanted to work in television. That was always the dream. And I feel like all of these different things that I've done along my path have led me to this. Like now you can make money being who you are online and you don't, not that you don't need a special skill set, you do need to have a special skill set, but you don't need to be a celebrity to get what you want using the online space. And that was something that didn't exist before. So I actually went to law school really because it was the safe route, but the goal was to be an entertainment lawyer. I actually wanted to be an agent at first to help represent people and essentially build their brands. Like yeah. I wanted to be the one to spot the it person. I knew when a show, I'd watch a pilot for a show and I was like, I knew when the show would stay on the air. I knew when I'd read one, I was like, this is gonna work. Like I, I knew what it was intuitively without, without knowing if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, how do I turn this into a job? And I'm like you from a Jewish family and parents were like, you become a lawyer because being in entertainment is not safe and you need, you know, a very niche skill to monetize essentially, or to go work for like a big firm and then they pay you and that's safe. And it turns out none of that's safe. So I was in law school when the economy was tanking in like, you know, 2008-ish. And I got stuck doing securities regulations litigation, which was not entertainment law. And I hated it. And then I passed the bar in New York to make sure that nobody could ever tell me I couldn't be a lawyer. And then I moved back to LA and got a job at a talent agency to try to go down the entertainment path. And basically, I had a slew of really awful jobs in the entertainment industry that taught me a lot of valuable lessons. But I really got to see how content is created. Now I'm thinking about content that way. And I really got to watch the shift of people not caring as much about TV TV and caring a lot more about the digital space. Right. Like I was working at this network, and I won't name which one necessarily. I just saw like they weren't being creative. They were trying to play in this safe space, they weren't doing just nothing innovative. Everybody was like more scared for their jobs. And I was like, what's happening here? Like, this isn't what I imagined at all. And even I was at that time, like I used to watch TV religiously and I do watch a lot of the shows that you talk about, but my attention was on my phone. And these people did not give a crap about what was going on on their phone. I'm like, what's happening here? You guys need to be paying attention to this. So I was actually studying to go to business school when my now fiance sent me a Gary Vee tweet and was like, you don't need to go to business school to be in marketing and branding. Cause I knew I knew something intuitively, 
but it wasn't working in this industry and it wasn't about meritocracy. And so then I ended up working at uh, VaynerMedia and Gary ended up moving me a year in to New York to help him build his personal brand online because Amazing. he was about to get really serious about it. And I fell in love with it. I just saw the power of what one individual can do based on content. And I was like, all for it. I know this is going to be a really hard question for you because you've based a career around it. But to you, you know, what is something that really creates influence? What is kind of a, a common thing that you've seen with all the people that you've interviewed and that you've worked with that is kind of a, a winning recipe to being influential? I know exactly what it is. Well, influence to me is trust. So you need to be able to build that trust in whatever that arena is. But I do say, we were talking about on my podcast, we talk about authenticity and I know authenticity is a played out piece, but it's super important to be cultivating your own voice. What happens a lot now is everybody's copying each other and not putting their own spin on it. And you, those people are never going to make it. You're never going to hear about those people. So but I, I copy everyone. You know, I take bits and pieces of people that I like. I, I'm definitely- Yeah, you can, you're inspired, but you're not copying them. No, you're not no. taking their caption. You're adding something to it. And that's, there's thing, there's a formula that works. I say that there are three brand laws and this is what works for personal brands. It works for regular brands. If you're building a brand, that's clarity. That's the like being clear on who you are and having that be communicated clearly online. There's the consistent content. It's showing up and people knowing that you're going to be showing up and that they can rely on you. And yeah. then there's the community piece, which is the engagement piece because Everyone knows that it doesn't work to just throw out content out there and not talk to anyone and not listen to your audience. You need to be engaging and building a community. That's why these people have insane fan bases. They're out there and they're feeding that. So it's those three things pushed together that make that just make these huge brands. Today's going to be a, a, a more social media centric episode because, you know, as we all have been able to observe social media is a huge part of reality TV and the entertainment world nowadays, especially in LA. And I got a podcast review um, that was kind of passive aggressive that I really wanted to put out there. And someone said, we get it. I like the pop culture talk and I liked Deanna at first, but the Bachelorette's out on the town episode was really boring and self-indulgent. The whole episode is her making fun of a double date she she and making fun of them for being nerds. Um, get your grammar right. He goes, I don't know. Just feedback to let you know that episode did nothing for me. Keep it up with the other episodes though. Also, we get it. You hate influencers, even though you are an influencer. So cool. Oh, people. No, but it's, I love it. But you know what? This is feedback. But this guy has obviously been listening for a while because he said, I like the pop culture stuff and only decided to engage when he did not like an episode. I think that happens a lot with people where like even on Yelp or you look at any kind of review, unless you're sparked really positive in a crazy way or really negative, people don't take action. Yeah, which is crazy because I was like, well, thanks for the extra review, my friend. Like, I, I love this. I love that he felt compelled to write me a review. I want to know your your take on this, Brittany. Like, this is a very self-indulgent episode where I'm having a guest to talk about my own shit because you know what? I'm, I'm a self-absorbed bitch. If you have a problem with that, go to another podcast. I don't but everyone shit. is. Who isn't self-absorbed? I think that's a you. big thing that everybody you. thinks. You're not self-absorbed. I, I am self-absorbed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm very self-absorbed. And this is one of those things where when you're putting out content, 
people are so self-absorbed that they think that everybody is watching them when they're not. And sometimes people are watching when you don't think they're watching. It cuts both ways, which I always find fascinating. What do you think is making this guy say I'm an influencer? Is it because I'm a bitch with a filter on Instagram? That does not make you an influencer, my friend. Let me tell you. It's got to be the blue check mark. I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, it's, I mean, it's always a combination I mean, it's what people see. It's their perception in general. So I don't know what this guy's definition of, of an influencer is, but you know, you're hot and your pictures are great and you're posting on social and you have a podcast that's doing well and he's listening to you. So thereby you are influencing his choices and you're influencing him. He doesn't have to like it. And he let you know as soon as he did not like something, but he can go, you know, listen to someone else after this. But, but he it's might- such a vast, it's such a broad term, like influencer. To me, the influencer is someone with no substance who just, you know, ha- wakes up and breathes in the morning and can take a photo and put it out there and we'll have people just follow them. That's an influencer. To me, influencer is just a derogatory term to someone who is creating content. So I, my podcast is called Beyond Influential because I did not like the term influencer. Influences always exist. We just kind of put a label on it for people who create content and pose with different clothes or lifestyle things. I think that's what people think of when they think influencer. Yeah. But influential is, is very different. And there's people, everybody pretty much has a sphere of influence that they can capitalize on. So for me, influential and influence doesn't bother me. The term influencer, I get weird about depending on what it is. Yeah, I get so bothered by it. And I personally hate influencers. And I don't mean people like you or people like me who may be influencing as a result of the stuff that we put out there. But I just mean people who just aim to be that. And to be honest, I kind of am that bitch. Like I do post outfit photos on Instagram, but it's to support material that has more substance. It's not just to be an influencer. Do you know what I mean? It is just so dumb. And I find myself being dumb. If you look at me and if you hang out with me in my everyday today life, I'm not the bitch that poses for an Instagram photo. If anything, I get awkward doing it on the street. I don't like it when people watch my friend, they need to take a photo of me. And yet I still fucking do it. And I just don't understand why I am incapable of stopping. I can't stop myself. And I kind of wanted your insights into why people are doing it and why, why someone like me has to do it and why you do it as well. You post for a photo. You're not trying to be a model. You're not trying to be an influencer. Why are we doing it? I think there's like all sorts of psychology that's involved with people needing other people and tribal stuff and things that are, you know, I'm not an academic, but I do think it's, it's one of those things where people naturally want to be, to attract and repel their tribe. And you like, as much as we want people to like us, but we want the people who we would actually like to like us. Not everyone. I want people to hate me. But also in order to do that, you need to be doing those things. And by getting people to hate you, there are going to be people who like you. Like that's just the natural order. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who's universally hated, even the most like intense, polarizing, horrible thing that you you would hate, somebody out there likes that. Uh, You know, as a brand expert, what is something that bugs the shit out of you that you keep seeing on Instagram and on social media? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, people, people, I have a lot of these pet peeves. Yeah, I obviously, need to know all of the pet peeves. Obviously, people copying people, but people complaining about not growing enough, people complaining about the algorithm, 
people complaining about all of these things when they're not being, I guess they're not being smart. There are a lot of people on Instagram who are micro influencers, I'll just say, who have like a thousand followers and make a killing. And then there are people who are idolized who have hundreds of thousands of followers and don't know how to rub two pennies together. Like, I think that perception also, also bothers me, which is why I like teaching what I teach. Cause it's like, no, you can actually make money or build a business or do all these other things without needing to get to this level. Like you're obsessing about the wrong things, spend more time actually like thinking about your voice and posting and giving actual thoughts than watching what other people are doing. How are people with like a thousand followers making money and then you see bitches with a hundred thousand and they're not? How can you explain that? I explain that a few ways. Depending on how they got the hundred thousand, they there's something that they don't understand about how to sell it to their audience. I know there was something recently where a girl who has predominantly, I think she was, has predominantly a male audience. Let's say you have a hundred thousand follower men, and what you post is nude photos. Women don't want to buy your clothing. You don't have a female audience, so I see that happening a lot. And what happens with more on the micro side is a lot of times those people are so busy. Those people are niche people. Those people are like, I do very specifically, I teach music for fifth and sixth graders to blah, blah, blah. And they like really narrow down whatever it is. And so people know that if they want to sell to that market of people, they know how to pitch themselves. They're like, I have this captive audience of parents who do X, Y, Z. And people want them because they know that when you talk, they listen. So it's, it's getting that you need to be able to talk and have people listen and take action getting men to look at your nude photo is not taking action. That's not getting a man to buy something. And that's definitely not getting a woman to buy something because you have a bunch of men. Like that's what happens. I want to talk about an issue that I see, especially in LA a lot. I want to have a little rant about it because again, it bugs me. Many things bug me. This is one of the major, major things that bug me. Why is everyone in LA saying, using the term, Overly using the term, you know what the term is? My brand. It bugs me. It intrigues me. I'm over it. I fucking hate people who say my brand. That's not my brand. My brand, my brand this, my brand that. You're a bitch with a filter. You don't have a brand. I have so many thoughts on this. Okay, give me all the thoughts because this is what I wanted to get to with with the whole Kylie Jenner, copy me, my brand, my content, my content, my brand. Fuck you. We are in a very self-centered time and it's only going to get more and more, I guess, people thinking that everybody's watching them all the time. I think the my brand thing, especially when you hear it, is an excuse. Before people got to, like, you either ignored the person and you said you weren't going to talk about that thing. But normally when people were coming up or like becoming celebrities or whatever it is, they have people to say no for them. They have the people to be like, no, I'm not doing this, or I'm not doing, she's not doing this, she's not doing that, and like curating it. And you're kind of the buffer. And it's like, oh, my person says I can't do this. And now people are starting to realize that they're being watched and they're trying to replicate that themselves. I understand sometimes when we had this conversation when we, because we are friends and we do talk about this. Sometimes I understand when somebody doesn't want to, it's an excuse a lot of times to not dabble into something controversial or not say something honest. And that's when I don't like it. That's when I don't appreciate it. We had this conversation. I was talking to someone when people say, I don't want to post about this. That's not my brand. Well, you know what? Start by telling me what your brand is. What is your brand? This is an excuse for saying, 
I don't want to post this. And I feel like it's a term that is used now to make excuses for being uneducated, being uneducated for being stupid and being a bitch with a filter. I think it's a lot about one, playing it safe. And two, sometimes people don't have opinions, but if they do have opinions, it's playing it safe. They don't want to alienate. Listen, people who don't want to alienate people, I feel like it never wins because I do think in order to attract people like loyal diehard people, you need to have some level of opinion and kind of controversy. That's why we watch these reality shows. That's why you even talk about the people you talk about because they're willing to say whatever it is or do whatever it is. And we're fascinated by that. And that's what draws people in. I think you can get to a certain level playing it safe. And I think to get to that next level, you need to speak your mind to some degree or you'll be miserable. A hundred percent. So, you know, just to make this clear for the listeners, for you in your eyes, what is the difference between a bitch with a filter and someone that has a brand? Because I don't want to hear another LA bitch talk to me about her brand when she doesn't have one. Someone who can actually describe, I feel like most people cannot describe what it is that they do, who they serve, why they're doing it. I have, if I can ask you like three questions and you really don't have an answer for it. Most of these people don't, especially with the monetization aspect. There are people that have a lot of, in quotes, influence and followers who don't know how to leverage it or turn it into a business. And they're just getting by, but their photos are pretty. That's the difference. The difference is me being able to have really a conversation about it. But I can usually see in someone's content at this point, I know right away if somebody actually knows what they're doing or not, or they have someone around them who knows what they're doing. This has been a more inform- informative. This is very different for the You Can't Say With Me podcast, don't you think? It's very different. I, I feel like you'll we'll come back with a, you know, housewives thing next week. But. Well, yeah, I will. But so to, you know, to, to keep people on track, to keep the listeners on track, you are obsessed with pop culture. Oh, yeah. So well, let's do a quick before we wrap this up, because this was this is very helpful and very ego boosting for me at this point. I want to do a quick pop culture rapid fire with you um, because you are very knowledgeable in pop culture and you do have a lot of opinions. What is a reality show that you've recently binged on Netflix? Oh, oh on Netflix. A yeah. reality show on Netflix? I'm no, a, not I'm reality, a- just a show, just a show. I recently was watching Stranger Things and I'm super underwhelmed. I actually, this was the, so I'm somebody who can kind of commit to binge watching pretty much anything. Like I've binge watched Game of Thrones all this year. I've been, I watch 90 Day Fiance in real time. I will binge watch pretty much anything. I stopped. We watched one episode of Stranger Things of this latest season. We just stopped and we haven't started watching it again. And I don't know what's going on with it. Do you, do you want me to tell you why? I, I have a deep sucks. analysis on the topic. Well, first of all, it sucks. Like I'm not, I'm, yeah, it's cool. I like, I like all the visual references, you know, the, the throwback references and all that stuff. But the problem now that Netflix is facing, I feel like, or is going to face is that they are, they are coming up with a lot of great shows. And the thing with Netflix is that now all their shows are becoming like movies. They're like extended movies because you can binge, binge watch all of them. So I've binge watched probably five different shows in the last couple of months. And I would not be able to tell you what happened in each and every single one of these shows because it's so much information. And trust me when I say that small hours brain of mine can take a lot of information. But that amount of information added with my work, my relationship dramas, my friendships, my family, my dog, picking up my dog shit, whatever, is just too much. So not only do I not remember what happened in the previous season, they really failed at creating just 
the hype that they had in the first season, they, they really failed. And I just don't, I don't remember what fucked up things happened in the previous season. So now I'm finding it hard to understand what the hell is going on this season. That's a problem. I think that's fair. I was just like, not interested. And I think I watched, have you ever watched How Far Is Tattoo Far? No. It's on MTV. It's this guy, Nico, who's an actor and Snooki. And I actually saw it for the first time when I was in the UK over uh, New Year's. And basically two people, it's four people per episode, but each person gets to decide, like friends come on, lovers come on, and they each give each other a secret tattoo. Like, oh my gosh. Don't get to watch and then it's unveiled at the end. It oh is gosh. the trashiest thing, but I like will binge watch the entire second season two nights ago. Why do you think like, we are so drawn to the trashy, the trashiest TV? And we're both like, we're both smart people. We overthink everything. We're business minded. Why do we love this stuff so much? I just got to that point where it's, I spend so much time thinking and overanalyzing and whatever. I don't want to do that when I'm thinking about my entertainment. The last thing I want is to have to think hard about anything when I'm trying to relax. Just watching mindless stuff and people where I feel like, you know, everyone feels good. About, they either relate to it or they feel good about themselves. And then, you know, you have a conversation like, what would I tattoo on somebody secretly? Like, these are just dumb thoughts. And it's nice to have some dumb it's thoughts. It's like modern day meditation. I've really fucked that up for myself with this podcast <laughs> now because now I overthink all that stuff too. <laughs> Actually, that's how I felt when I was working in TV for a long time. And kind of how I feel with content on the phone. It's like, it feels like work. So now I've actually gone back to TV because before the phone, when I was working in TV, TV and watching and reading scripts and doing all this stuff felt like work. So then I spent my time more on the phone. Now I still spend a lot of time on the phone because that's what I do. But now I can sit and watch TV and I have to sit and watch TV so I can like clear my mind. I want to know who is your favorite and least favorite Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm. I'm sure we're going to have the same. Tell me, I actually don't know who your favorite is. Lisa Renna. Actually, I was going to say, I think Lisa Renna is my favorite. Lisa Renna is my favorite because she kind of, oh, my mom's going to hate me. I'm like, she kind of reminds me of my mom a little bit. Oh my God. And I, think, <laughs> and I do think my mom should have, my mom would have been amazing for reality TV, but she's also private, but she's fabulous. Yeah. I kind of wish she was like, so she's super over the top, but I wish she was over the top in the way that she'd like to be filmed doing it. Yeah. So this is the thing with my mom on the outside. My mom is more of a Kyle Jewish mom, like looks after her kids. But on the inside, she's a Lisa Renner because Lisa Renner is so unapologetic about her parenting fails and she embraces them. And she's like, fuck this. I know I'm fucked up, but I still love my kids. And I feel like that my mom is very much that way. Who's your least favorite? Kind of over just like, uh, or I don't care about uh, what's Come her on. face, Cam Camille Grammer. Oh yeah, she's a bitch. But like Dorit is so infuriating to me. <laughs> I feel like I need to invest more. I feel like I used to watch it a lot and I was like, oh, I knew what was going on with like Adrian Maloof and her husband and whatever and Kyle and Kyle's super fucked up. Ugh, can we talk about Adrian's face for a bit? Can we talk about any anyone's face for a bit? Like what is going on with the the Housewives of LA at this point? Do you feel like you're desensitized to to plastic surgery now because of where we live? No, I feel like now that so many people have it, I can I, I notice it more. Like I can see when someone's had Botox and I can I can spot a nose job and I can spot a boob job. Like I feel like I'm very much more aware of it now. I feel like the housewives disappoint me with their you know how people say celebrities get shitty tattoos? That's how I feel about the housewives with plastic surgery. It's like you have the means 
and you have the access to have good work done, why are you not having good work done and who's telling you this looks good? Because when you watch yourself on TV or on a photo, and this is proven, like scientifically proven, whenever you post a photo of yourself, the photo that you think is a good looking photo of yourself is going to be completely opposite to what your friend thinks. Because the photo that you think is good looking of yourself is the photos that hide all the things that you personally don't like about yourself. So what these women are doing is that they're watching themselves on reality TV and they are going out of their ways to conceal the insecurities that they personally have when watching themselves and they're just butchering their faces. I definitely have noticed that just over, like you see it with Vanderpump Rules too. You see every season that as people accumulate more money and then they're watching themselves, that they start tweaking different things. Oh my gosh, Vanderpump Rules is becoming Wes Charlie. I'm like, oh, was that Lala? Oh shit, that's Lala. Didn't realize, didn't realize she was there. Completely different face. Are you against it? No, I'm not against it. I'm against bad work. Yeah. But whatever makes you happy, I'm from, I'm from Calabasas. I cannot be against it. I'm not one of these people that's like, you shouldn't, you do whatever. Okay, here's something else that busts my balls then now that we're, I'm going to bring this back to social media. The people who, like, we can talk about the generous with this. It's like, if you are, if you know you're influential and you're influencing young women and kind and you know that they look up to you and I don't think it's everybody's responsibility to be a parent but I do not support lying about the work you've had done when it actually is affecting lives of people 100% especially younger people like that bothers me do you think you look better on a photo or in person I don't know I've heard what have you had? Actually, no, because I don't think anybody's been like, oh, you look better in photos. But I remember the first time I met Lauren before. So recently, like before, I was just kind of taking whatever photos. And now I like go and actually have to take professional marketing photos for different products. But I'll never forget that actually Lauren was like, when she met me in person, she was taken aback by, I think, how good looking she thought I was in person. <laughs> Oh yeah. In picture? Well, I can see that. You know what? So I've been told by many people that I'm better looking in person. And that is because we are bitches with charisma. Okay. And that makes a world of difference. So I don't do dating apps. I mean, I have tried, but I don't do dating apps because with guys, it's so important for me that they have swag. And if a guy is good looking in a photo and has no swag, I can't find him attractive. I just can't. I will say this, like, I know I have big, big dick energy just in person. Like, I know that I carry that. And I do think in person that carries over. So I was thinking, like, if you take the personality out of it, does it factor in? In general, like, yes. Would I be better looking in person to somebody who gets to actually talk to me? Yeah. And I know that sounds super self-centered, but that's the case. No, we're being, we're being transparent about it. You know what? There's no shame in thinking that you're more attractive in person because you know what? We are both bitches with big dick energy and that is a fact. Okay. So to all the people out there calling me out on my social media, meet me in person and then tell me what you think. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Those people definitely don't say it in person either. Exactly. Whereas I would, I go up to Raquel from Vanderpump Rules and I'm like, bitch, I've said those things about you, but I still think you're nice. Besides the point, Brittany, it was such a pleasure to chat with you today. This is going to take me a lot of hours of editing because it's a long ass episode because you are so interesting and just amazing. I love what you do. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you, do all the plugs? I also want you to plug your course because I know that's going to be very helpful to some people listening to this. Well, thank you so much. My podcast is Beyond Influential and it comes out every week. 
And you can find me at, it's Brittany, T-T-A-N-Y, which, you know, people love to misspell that. And Crystal is K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. So I made it easy to find myself that way online, on Instagram. You can go to BrittanyCrystal.com. And I definitely have, I'm rolling out a bunch of, uh, I have a LinkedIn course, which we could get into. I know that everybody's like, oh my God, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's completely changed. Even you got off on LinkedIn after I... LinkedIn, based off of what I've heard from all your episodes, is the least glamorous version of old Instagram where you can get found and actually have proper reach. So you might want to look into Brittany's course. Basically, I've just made it easy for the people listening. That was wonderful. I'm going to use that. Uh, I'm going to use that plug on my sales pitch. And then Thank I'm building you. out a bunch of things on how to like, basically I'm working on a clarity course right now, how to build your brand clarity. So that way you actually do get found and you can grow in whatever your area is and monetize it and, and whatnot. So I'm constantly developing things, but you can find I don't know. I plug my shit all the time. So you can find it on my website. You can find it on my Instagram. I have no shame. I know it works. So it's available if you want it. You can join the Bitches Sit Together secret Facebook group where we gossip about all the reality TV stuff. Some people send me, you know, advice on what to cover on the next episodes. And of course, rate and review. Thank you. Go rate and review the show. Go rate and review Britney's show. We're both bitches thirsty for a review. Let's not lie to ourselves. And I'll see you guys next week and go follow Britney. Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest cardio and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply.